Hey, what's up? I'm Aaron, and you're listening to the Aaron J. Dodson Podcast. This is the podcast where I discuss the sacred text of God's Word and subjects related, and I do my best to help myself and others understand it so that we might keep God's law and observe it with all of our hearts. And that's based on the principle of Psalm 119, verse 34, and Ephesians 5, 17. In this episode, I'm going to be discussing and reading and commenting on an article written by a brother in Christ, Luke Taylor. I saw this online shared by some friends, and I thought it was really good, and I wanted to read it so that those who listen to my podcast would be um, aware of it and would be uh, knowledgeable of its contents because I think its contents are very worthy of careful consideration. The title of the article is called Consider Skipping the Next Christian Conference dot 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 Here's Why. Consider Skipping the Next Christian Conference dot 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 Here's Why. Before I read this article, on the outset, I want those who are listening to know I am one of two directors for the Northeast Arkansas Lectureship. It is not really considered a brotherhood-wide conference. It is more of a geographical, a local area conference-type lectureship event. But I want people that are listening to know that this episode is not designed to bash uh, events that go on within the brotherhood because I myself am part of one and do attend and have attended uh, some of these various events. Instead, I want us to consider the great importance of the local church and our need to be connected to Christ, connected to our community, and busy working in our local communities. And I think that is what Luke Taylor addresses in this article. So I want you to know that my feelings have not been hurt by anyone. I am not upset at any one particular event. Matter of fact, I attended myself uh, the Polishing the Pulpit uh, conference, uh, brotherhood-wide event in Sevierville, Tennessee in 2009, I believe it was. Uh, it was quite smaller than it is now, but nonetheless, there were a few thousand people there in attendance when I went. And so when you're listening to this, uh, no one could say, well, Laren, you've never even been. You don't know what it's like and that kind of thing. Again, I'm not doing this podcast to bash brotherhood events. I'm trying to get us to think deeper about what we're doing, why we're doing it, and what we're not doing, and how we could do better at it, how we can learn, and how we can grow. So I have experienced the blessings of a number of brotherhood events, including one time attending the Polishing the Pulpit. I've attended the Memphis School of Preaching lectureships a number of times over the years. And uh, there are other events I've been to, the South Haven lectureships, uh, the lectureships at Getwell, uh, the Freed Hardeman lectureships. Um, there may be a few others that I'm not recalling right this moment. I didn't build this up because I'm upset at anybody. I'm not writing or sharing. And I shouldn't say writing. I'm not reading this writing to, to put anybody down, to be ugly, to say that those are a complete waste of time and they're sinful. I'm not saying that at all. You say, well, Aaron, what are you saying? You've gone on and on about what you're not saying. I just want to get that out. I want to clear the air at the very beginning. I, do, I am not doing this podcast to hurt godly works, but there's something else that I want us to consider. And again, the title of this article, Consider Skipping the Next Christian Conference, dot, 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 
Here's why. And I will read and I'll pause and make comments because I want my listeners uh, to be aware of this article because I think overall it is very good and we need to be considering some of these things that Luke has written about. Introduction. Over the last few years, he writes, I've noticed a curious trend. While almost all local conservative churches in America have stagnate or shrinking memberships, the attendance at large national Christian conferences is increasing. Where do you find community? This is his next heading. Question mark. Where do you find community? I regularly hear people speaking fondly of their favorite Christian conferences and how they long to join the annual gathering so they can be with all their Christian friends. I've attended several na- uh, nation wide conferences and youth rallies in the past decade, and I understand the sentiment. But I do find the popularity of national events concerning in light of our diminishing local churches. It should not be the case that our greatest experiences of unity and community come from a national gathering with people we only see one week per year. Our warmest experiences of unity should result from our time with Christians who live near us, worship with us, and bear our burdens as we bear theirs. No doubt many will respond, I don't have those kinds of friends in my local church. He asks, but why? And then his next heading, local versus national church investment. Perhaps we don't have community in our local congregations because we are unprepared to make the same investments in the local church as we are in the national events. And folks, this is where I want us to put our thinking caps on and be honest. He then writes, Consider that people are willing to spend a week of vacation, $200 on gas, $400 on tickets, $800 for lodging, and hundreds more on periphery expenses to attend a week-long out-of-state Christian conference. Additionally, event hosts are prepared to spend thousands to rent an event facility and thousands more to fly all the, quote, big-name, close quote, speakers to their events. Large Christian events can cost the church tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. Basic math reveals these types of events will be unsustainable in the future if local churches continue their membership decline. I'm certainly not here to make the case that large Christian events are bad, but I do want to offer something for consideration, dot, dot, dot. Let's pause there for just a moment. I like what Luke has written in the beginning. He starts out and he has an introduction. He says, look, I've noticed this trend that though a lot of local congregations are shrinking in their memberships, uh, I noticed that a lot of the national or nationwide Christian events and conferences and lectureships are increasing. And he asked the question, where do we find community? 
he says, I often hear people speaking fondly of their favorite Christian conferences and how they, you know, long to join this once a year event every year to be with all their Christian friends. And folks, let me say, let me add, I get that. I get wanting to be with Christians. That's not bad. That's wonderful. But in light of the fact that local churches are diminishing in their spiritual strength and in their physical number, numbers, we need to ask the question, where do we find community? We should not be getting our greatest experiences of unity and community from some event where we don't even live. An event among other brethren, that we only see one, two, three times a year, if that. He says, you know, our warmest, closest experiences of unity should be a result of our time with godly people who live in our community, who worship where we do, and who bear our burdens as we bear theirs. And again, someone might honestly say, well, I don't, I don't have that in the local church where I am. And again, Luke asked the question, well, why? Why don't we have those kinds of warm connections and camaraderie and friendships in the local congregation where we are? And he says, next, local versus national church investment. He says, we may not, you know, (laughs) let me reword myself here. He starts out and he says, look, It may be the case that we don't have the type of community and camaraderie that we need to. But is it because we're unprepared to make the same investments in the local church that we are in these bigger events, these nationwide events? And he just lays out the facts. He says, look, so many people are willing to spend, you know, uh, a week of vacation, hundreds of dollars in gas, tickets, lodging, and other things to attend multiple-day events, a week-long event, even in another state or another part of the country. And the hosts of those events, they spend hundreds and thousands of dollars to fly in well-known or well-loved speakers and preachers. And, And I get that they want them in there, at least some do, because of their qualifications or their love or their godliness. But But again... But again, let's get down to the root of this. Basic math reveals that these types of big events are not going to be possible in the future because local churches continue to decline in their membership. And he said, look, I'm not, I'm not making the case that events where people from other places come to one place and, and serve God or worship God or study the Word of God together and that kind of thing, that that's sinful. But here are some considerations that I want you to think about, and that's where I'm going to continue with the reading of this article. So far, I love this article. What if we, he writes, brought the money home? Wow. And I'm going to pause there. What, what, a, what a novel idea. What if we brought the money home? What if people were willing to take a week of vacation and dedicate the days to working in the local church? What if we were prepared to invest thousands into the ideas of our local elders to reach our neighborhoods? What if we invested in the maturity of our local members so we didn't need to go to an event to hear a good sermon? 
What if we committed to be the best of friends with believers in our hometowns? Let's be clear, without strong local congregations, there won't be any Christian events to attend. Amen, Brother Luke. The next heading of his article says, Local work is hard work. He wrote, Let's be clear about another thing. Investing in your local congregation is hard work, servant's work. It's a lot more difficult than buying a ticket, sitting in a chair, spectating the message of a keynote speaker, and talking about how great it was with your Christian friend who flew in from another state. Investing in your local congregation isn't a vacation at a conference center. It's the challenge of mirroring Christ to the people who you do life with on a daily basis. Paul's there. Here's something I've been thinking about for years. I've been saying in recent years, out of sight, out of mind. When we send money to other places to do, quote unquote, the work of the Lord, and we justify that because we feel like other places, especially in other countries of the world, don't have the kind of money we do. So we feel the need to send money over there because they don't have the money we have and that kind of thing. That may be a good thing when there's an actual need, but do we need to become long-term supporters? Do we need to indefinitely send money month after month, year after year, decade after decade to the same work? I want to suggest that what that can easily do is turn into colonialism. Like we, we make a financial investment in them and they do the work of the Lord for us somewhere else. And when we send money other places, what are we doing at home? You say, well, we pay a preacher at home. We, we, we have a gospel meeting twice a year. We do a VBS, and those things are good. We don't need to quit doing those. We might need to evaluate them and maybe try to be as effective as possible or be more effective in what we're doing with them. I'm not saying that to bash us in what we're doing. I love gospel meetings. I love VBSs. Brock Kendall and I are involved in tent meetings in the area where we, where we are. We, we like that stuff. But, but let's just keep in mind, as Luke says, local work is hard work. And it's easier to send money other places or to attend an event somewhere and confuse that with doing the work of the Lord where we are. You see, investing in the local congregation where we are is not a vacation at a conference center, it, it's, it's hard work because we're going to see the people that we try to teach at work, at school, at the ball field, in the grocery stores, at the bank. So again, as Luke has said, local work is hard work. And I want us to be honest. Is it possible that we're not involved in that hard work as we could be as we should be mentally morally and financially because it's easier to send it somewhere else i'd like to address one other thing about foreign missions i don't dislike people who are serving god in other countries but what is a concern in the local church is are we spending much or the majority of the money that we take in in collections in other places instead of where we are 
You see, this is a concern because, again, out of sight, out of mind. It's easier for us to send money somewhere else and let them do the work of the Lord for us, but it doesn't benefit directly the congregation where we are. And that's something we need to think about carefully. That doesn't mean there are no legitimate evangelists or legitimate works in other places, but I want to suggest that we consider temporary goals, or I should say um, immediate goals, for anything we support in other areas, other states, other countries, with the bulk of the money that's donated on the Lord's Day and other days for the work of the church where we are, the city wherein we live, the county wherein we live. I'm not going to give account for people uh, in Africa that I never see, but I will give account for people that live in my city, in my house, in my county that I'm actually going to interact with. That, that doesn't mean that we have zero responsibility when we are able to get the word out to other places or help a legitimate need in another country. But again, are we going to become the regular support for them for month after month, year after year after year after year after year? Let me suggest what that can do is it can cause that work to not become self-sustaining because they know that they're going to get the money from the congregation that you're at or the congregations that are supporting it. When there's responsibility, when there's accountability, when there's a goal, when there are specific goals, it will motivate someone to push further to become self-substantiating. You can sustain yourself. Where congregations can depend on God and their local brethren to support financially the work that's going on. And so I think that's something that we need to think about. And let me bring it back to the article. Local work is hard work. And this this is something I've been saying for a long time. It's more challenging to deal with people and talk to people about Jesus, baptism, the one church, scriptural worship, uh, you know, godly living, the sin of sin, etc. In here, where we are, where we live, where you live, instead of merely limiting our efforts or the bulk of our efforts and money to that type of work somewhere else where we aren't. And so I hope that will encourage some individual, some elder, some evangelist, some uh, brother or sister that's listening to this. I'm not saying there aren't legitimate needs, but let's don't become the full-time support forever. Let's not fail to give them immediate goals or tell them, hey, I can support this, we can support this for a year, and then we want to get back to doing, you know, so that you can grow to the point where you don't need this and those kinds of things. In my experience, it is the case, and I've heard this from others that I love and trust and the works that they're doing. Often, a bulk of the money that's taken up locally is spent in another country. I just don't think that should be the case because we need the work to be going on here where we are. The people that we are dealing with on a daily basis. And there's so much that we can be doing with the money scripturally to reach people here locally. If we are limited, if we're limiting ourselves in how much we can teach and advertise and study, etc., because we have to send money to other places, then that, that should be a red flag to us. Now, back to the article. 
toward the very end, or it's actually the very end, Luke ends this article by saying, maybe it's worth considering skipping the next big event, seminar, conference, or youth rally, and finding some ways to invest close to home. Our local churches need attention right now. Let's get back to the basics and prioritize what is necessary. I, I, I love this article. And again, let me repeat myself because I, 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 I'm afraid someone will hear this and say, well, Aaron's against mission work in other places. Aaron is negative. Aaron is this and that. Look, all I've said is things that the Bible teaches in principle and things that we observe logically from reality that local churches in America are shrinking numerically and spiritually and that our true community spiritually should not be limited or depend on or be limited to an event, one event a year, two, three events a year in other places. What this article does is it draws attention to the fact that the New Testament emphasizes the local church and the local community. You look at 1 Corinthians 12, and it talks about the power of unity and the beauty of diversity. That was written to a local church, not to, not to a, a conglomeration of congregations that would only come together once a year or four times a year or whatever like that. The same could be true about other letters, Ephesians and, and, and uh, Titus. When Titus was given information from God about how to, to help these congregations not be lacking and destitute, to be self-growing and self-perpetuating, etc. And so, again, we need to think about where we find community. Again, that doesn't mean it's wrong to visit or to attend some event once a year. But if this is the highlight and we find ourselves lacking and wanting and waning at home and in our local and we're not exerting a lot of effort and the bulk of our money and the bulk of the local church's money on what we're doing locally, what I'm suggesting is that we need to reconsider that. And we need to think about that because our warmest experiences of unity should result in our time with Christians that live near us, that worship with us, that bear the burdens on a daily, a daily level that we do. Again, if you don't have that in the local church, ask yourself why. Is it because you and or the congregation where you are has neglected investing locally? Let's ask, I'm going to ask myself some serious questions and, and let these be questions for you too. Will we, do we, have we taken a week of vacation just to do the work of the church in the community where we live? Or will we only do that to go to the beach or to Branson or to Dollywood or to Six Flags or to PTP or to the MSOP lectureship? Will we spend hundreds of dollars on gas locally? Not just to go to church services, but for specifically planned out events and works to reach people locally with the gospel. Will we, have we, are we spending hundreds of dollars on 
lodging or other expenses that are needed for advertising, for Bible materials, for DVDs, for flash drives, for evangelists even. To support and invest in the local congregation where we are. And we don't need to say, well, we give hundreds of dollars every week in the collection plate. I'm talking about being more specific than just that. I'm talking about for events and efforts and works that we specifically plan out, that we collectively take part in to work together. And I might add that though events are wonderful, wonderful in many ways, we don't need to limit our efforts to just events, especially events thinking that sinners in the world should be there, and we don't know and understand why they're not there. Folks, let me tell you why they're not there. They're not there merely because you or I didn't invite them. They're not there because they're not bought in. They, they've not been converted to Christ. The truth is we must go to them. We must go to them. We cannot relegate the work of the church to worship and inviting people to worship. If you'll think about the book of Acts with me, you'll remember that there was no church in the first century that even had a church building like we do today. That There's no record of them having an event and merely inviting people to it. Instead, they were going everywhere preaching the word. Acts chapter 8, after the persecution or during the persecution of the early church, the passage in Acts chapter 4, or excuse me, Acts chapter 8, verse 4 says, they went everywhere preaching and teaching the word. That was a, that was a, that was a, a specific effort as they were being scattered. And many other examples could be given in the book of Acts. What, again, what if we brought the money home? What if we spent the bulk or more than the majority of the money that's collected locally on specific, planned out works, events, activities, advertisements, etc., and we only spent a small amount on needed, urgent needs in other places? Because sometimes there are urgent needs in other places. Acts chapter 11. And we can send temporary relief to help out. Think about it. If I'm willing to take a vacation, if I'm willing to dedicate the days of that vacation to working in the local church, think about it. If I'm prepared to invest hundreds, if not thousands of dollars into the plan of the local church where I am, if I am willing to invest in the growth and the maturity of our local members so that we have good preaching and teaching locally, we don't need or have to attend somewhere else or go somewhere else to hear good teaching and preaching. Again, that doesn't mean it's a sin if you travel and hear good teaching and pre preaching. But given the fact that local churches all over are not growing by leaps and bounds. Many of them are shrinking very quickly. 
we need to we need to reconsider some things i do believe now it may be the case that where you are the church is not shrinking it's growing let me ask this question to challenge you and me if where we are is not shrinking that there are actually baptisms taking place a good question would be what more can we do to secure new converts where we are and help them grow and develop and what more can we do to reach the loss where we are not well we've topped out we don't need to do more our church is growing we're not shrinking the church needs to be growing by leaps and bounds and much of that depends on us our efforts Sure, people have free will, and sure, narrow is the way. But Jesus sent the disciples out to make disciples of all the nations after he said, few there be that find the way. Because it's our responsibility as his people to scatter the seed everywhere, often. Sure, we're not to cast pearl before the swine. Sure, that's true. But folks, there are thousands and thousands and millions of people in the United States who are lost. And maybe you live in a community where there's a thousand people or 10,000 people or 50,000 or 100,000 or half a million or a million, maybe multiple millions wherever you live in the United States. It takes a lot of work and time Efforts, plans, vision, goals, money to broadcast the seed all over the place, to saturate the community in it. That's the goal that I kind of want to end on for us. You know, bringing this money home, being specific in our goals, knowing that local work is hard work, but it's the Lord's work. And it's that which I'm going to give account for because the people locally that live where I do, that live where you do, those are the people that I can influence. God did not design Christianity to be uh, where, you know, my main focus is on people that don't live where I do. It's, it's, it's on the people where I, where I do live, my circle of influence. Our, our light is, is limited in a very personal way, I mean. It's limited to those who don't live where we do. They can only see it from afar. Our primary focus is where we are. And so Luke suggested maybe it's worth considering skipping the next big event, the next big seminar, and find some ways to invest close to home. Now, with that being said, the Northeast Arkansas Lectureship that I mentioned at the beginning. This year will be June the 8th through the 10th, 2023. This effort is local in nature. More than the majority of the speakers are from the state of Arkansas and most of them from the Northeast Arkansas area generally. So I believe, as do others that are supporting this, that this is a local investment that this is helping the local churches. This event started a few years before I came to the area where I am now. But it started, and the individual 
who had the ideas behind it, started it with the desire to unify the congregations in this general area. And I truly believe, and I think I can speak on behalf of Brock Kendall, who's my co-director of the event. I know him well enough. And many of you who listen to this, you know him, you know of him, you, you see he and I together on the two by two podcast, et cetera. You know, I, you can see that, that we both, he believes as do I, this is, this is building up the churches, the congregations in the area here where we are. Okay. And I, and so I, I, I feel like, you know, this would fit the bill, if you will, of, of, of developing the congregations here locally, even the congregation where I labor, as we are the hosting congregation for geographic, for physical, uh, you know, and otherwise purposes for the unity of the event. Uh, since I mentioned the event, I'll go ahead and throw this in there. While the Washington Avenue Church of Christ in Jonesboro is the hosting congregation, the physical building, the locale, the Bay Church of Christ in Bay, Arkansas, the Nettleton Church of Christ in Jonesboro, Arkansas, and the Harrisburg Church of Christ in Harrisburg, Arkansas, all of those locally within 25 miles or less, they are all we all cooperate together in this effort. All four of those congregations are financially supporting this. And so the congregations, I do believe, uh, expect their members. And, 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 and we as the directors expect and encourage and, and try to motivate our members in these congregations to attend, to participate, uh, you know, to enjoy the fellowship, the camaraderie, the Bible study, the edification, etc., that comes from such a local event. And I do not think this would qualify as what people think of as a nationwide conference where people from all over the country are coming to it. Again, let me say, I don't think that such efforts are sinful. I'm saying let's just make sure that we're doing what we need to do locally. When we see what's going on with the church overall in our country here, it's very obvious that many congregations are stagnant or they have a shrinking membership. And we need to make sure that we find community locally. Even if our congregation is struggling, we need to invest. If it's struggling, we need to invest all the more to bring in new people, not merely to a building, but bring new people into the church, not the building, the church. And that is done through all the efforts directly and indirectly tied to evangelism and discipleship making. We just need to keep that in mind, that the local church is the greatest work, you know, and it's hard work. But if we invest and we go back to the basics and we prioritize what is necessary, it will benefit the local church. I really like this article written by Luke Taylor. You can find him on uh, to the number two, belikechrist.com. I think I've seen a few of his other articles in the time in times past that I liked. I don't that most of them I have not read because of time and so forth. But uh, I think I've seen some others that I liked there before. Uh, you can check out his website to belikechrist.com, and you might find some other materials there that are helpful. I I'm pretty sure I've never met Luke. Uh, I don't think I've ever even been in the same building as Luke before, but. Um, 
Um, if he ever hears this, uh, thank you, Luke, for writing a good article. I appreciate it, and I shared in good light the article considering skipping the next Christian conference, dot, dot, dot. Here's why. Again, I hope you'll go read this article, soak it in, consider your local situation, and, and uh, you know, get invested and uh, if you are invested, God bless you, and my prayers are with you and for you, and you, hey, you stay where you are, and you, you keep going, you keep rowing the hoe that you're on, if you will, and um, if I said that right, digging and working and studying and sharing and advertising, you keep doing what you're doing, and God will bless you and the local church where you are. Well, I think I've said enough, maybe more than enough, to get my point across. I hope if you have questions, you can send me a message. You can find me on social media. This is the Aaron J. Dodson Podcast. I'm Aaron. Thanks for listening, and God bless you, and we'll catch you next time.